Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Delta 129. He called this experience the Chernobyl disaster was a cover-up of something terrifying. Part 3. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. Oh no, no, no. I said anxiously. I immediately realized that the odor was very similar to what we noticed when we entered the bunker for the first time. Only much, much stronger. My Jiger counter started clicking too. What's going on? Asked Alex. That guy, Moraz, he told me about this. He told me to run. I said. Just as he finished, the door shook in an enormous slam, sending dust flying in the air and slightly bending outwards. There was nowhere to run. We had a heavy steel door on one side, and God knows what on the other. I had no idea how we could survive. Luckily, Alex had. Do you still have the rope? He asked. Without hesitation, we tied it around one of the pumps. It wasn't easy at first, working with the rope with my hands shaking violently. But then another loud slam echoed through the room. One of the bolts that held the door was launched across the room. I felt a wave of cold run down my spine, and suddenly, I had just this one purpose, to tie the knot. Everything else just shut down in my head. I was done and we dropped it down the broken vent that Alex got dragged into before. We stepped inside and started sliding down the rope. I then heard another slam and then what I think was the door, hitting the ground. It was through. I slid faster, but the rope was starting to burn my hand. I lost the grip and fell down a few meters, landing on top of another vent. It broke and I fell through inside another corridor. Alex then landed on top of me. It took us a few moments to get back to our feet. I looked around and saw an orange door titled Decontamination. We were on level 3. There was no handle, only a button on the wall next to it. I pressed it and the door opened after a few seconds. We entered a small room with a control panel. Using it, I closed the door behind us. Several jets then blasted us with air. A green light popped up and then another door in front of us opened inviting us deeper into the facility. I noticed that the control panel was stained with a smudge of fresh blood. Was Moraz still alive and went through here? We couldn't go back. Our only option was to see how deep the rabbit hole goes. It was supposed to be a clean room, but the place was wrecked even more than the upper levels. After some walking and searching, we found a room that looked like a makeshift infirmary. A few dozens of beds were separated with plastic curtains some medical equipment. Some beds still had information clipboards attached. Patient 2. Quarantine. Survey Tomb C. Patient in coma. Observation only. Do not interfere. Deceased. 728 unknown. Patient 6. Quarantine. Survey Tomb C. Patient in coma. Observation only. Do not interfere. Deceased. 752 unknown. Patient 19. Quarantine. On-site operative assistant. First contact with Survey Team C. Massive blunt force trauma, chest cranial concussion. Suspected damage to cervical spine, dislocated left shoulder fracture, 
left humerus multiple lacerations, chest. Deceased, 404, internal hemorrhage. Patient 7, quarantine, survey tomb C. Patient is psychotic and unresponsive. Mild to moderate frostbite. Observation only, do not interfere. Termination order, signed, Amuraz. There were some body bags on the other side of the room. Empty. We searched the area and eventually ended up in the lower levels of the facility. There was this rotten smell all around. We entered a room and, well, there was this substance everywhere. On the walls, floor, ceiling, everywhere. It was like flesh, with tendrils or veins running across it, like from a dead space game. Then we found bodies attached to it. Dozens, shriveled up like dead insects in a spider web. I think we should go back, Alex said. Anxiously, we turned around and went back, but then I heard some debris shift in the distance in the corridor we came from. Soon enough, one of these things crawled into the light emitted by my flashlight. It stood there for a while, staring at us with its blank eyes, and then it leaped forward. Then it fell to the ground, dead, and an empty shotgun shelled it too soon after. I heard more of them making their way towards us in the distance, so we ran deeper into the facility. I shot a few more on the way but then ran out of ammo. We eventually found a long, dark tunnel flooded with water. The things were almost on us. I could see them crawl along with the walls behind us. We entered the tunnel. The water slowed us down considerably, and I awaited the worst. But then I noticed that we weren't followed. They wouldn't go inside the tunnel. We walked for I don't know, an hour. Two, the water was ice cold. Luckily, it was only about knee-deep, so it wasn't too terrible. I already said that Alex didn't look well since I found him. But as we walked through, he seemed to be getting worse. He complained that his head hurt and he felt dizzy. His skin got pale and he looked very weak. After some time, I had to support him. And later, he completely collapsed and fell unconscious. We couldn't go back, so my only option was to find a way to drag him through the water. It went like this for some time, but then I heard something far away in the direction we came from. A splash. I turned and shined my light into the black tunnel. Nothing. I went to continue walking, but then I heard it again. Hello. I called, hoping to hear an answer. Maybe Moraz was here. Or did the creatures follow us after all? Nothing. I quickened my pace, but it wasn't easy dragging another person and moving through knee-deep water. The sounds continued. They weren't getting closer or farther. They were just there. Then I reached the end. The tunnel was closed off with another massive steel door and no visible way to open it. It was a dead end. I stopped moving and listened. Those sounds, it wasn't just a splash. It was more like, as if someone or something was wading through the water. I panicked and started banging on the door, calling for help. I had nowhere to go. The sounds were now getting closer. I saw waves in the water. It was now very close. I slowly turned again and looked into the tunnel. I saw nothing and heard nothing. Just silence and darkness. And then the familiar scent hit my nose. Ozone. Then I heard metal shift behind me, and the door opened. Dimitri. A familiar voice called. Moraz. What? Who is? Oh no, you brought it here. He pulled me and Alex through the door and then shut it again as fast as he could. That's your friend. How? What happened to him? He asked as he looked at still unconscious Alex. I don't know. Are you okay? I asked back. He had a large gash across his face and his right eye. Well, no thanks to you. He responded. He noticed the makeshift bandage on Alex's arm and unwrapped it. 
What he had on his arm wasn't just a regular wound. It was a bite mark. That, Moroz said and pointed at it. Stand back. He stood up and drew his pistol. No, wait. At least tell me what's going on. He's going to be dead in a few minutes. This will make it easier. For him too, but mostly for us. What? Please. Is there really nothing else we can do? I pleaded. He looked at me, looked at Alex, and then stood there, thinking for a moment. I was immediately relieved when he holstered his gun again. Okay, this might help him. He said and dug up a case with a syringe from his backpack. It looked used recently and was only about half full with a clear liquid. He injected Alex with the rest of it. It won't matter anyway. He said, what do you mean? Follow me. Take him too if you want. I'm not carrying him. I guess you've probably already figured out that this all had something to do with the disaster 30 years ago. He explained as we moved through the facility. The first machine we used for the teleportation experiments. It wasn't powerful or reliable enough. We figured out that this whole thing wasn't as simple as it seemed. We weren't just teleporting one thing to a different place. We were transferring them between multiple parallel realities. But it was limited. We could only exchange two objects with an equal mass between two identical places in two different realities. So, they built a new machine here and used a nuclear reactor to power it. Hoping that we could possibly move anything to any place between two given realities. We started exploring whole new universes. Saw worlds where the Germans won World War II. Worlds where we all destroyed each other. Even worlds where life never evolved on Earth. But then, someone had this idea. If there are these parallel universes, what is between them? There was only one way to know. And that's when it went wrong, as I said. We should have been happy with what we had. But we always want more, right? We tried to access this conduit reality, as they called it. But when they activated the machine, it stayed open. Something happened, and a portal was created, independent from our machine. It was sustaining itself. So, we sent a survey team in there. They came back after a few minutes, reporting all sorts of strange things. About how a strange feeling filled that place. How space and time themselves felt odd. Even how some of them claimed to have seen themselves at different places at once. They wouldn't go back, even if threatened with all sorts of penalties. We sent a second survey team later. This one didn't come back at all. So we sent a third team to find them. They came back, but something wasn't right with them when they returned. Their minds were like, erased. I pictured the blank stares of the creatures we fought on the way. Shortly after they returned, a massive burst of energy flowed out from the portal straight up. Into the reactor. But that wasn't all. And you know all this because you took a sick day, right? I asked. I was at a different place in the facility when it happened. I'll never forget when they came to me, saying that something came through into our world. What was it? I asked. I don't know. Nobody knows. It wasn't unlike anything we've ever seen. And it killed almost everyone here. Not just killed, it did stuff to people. You've seen. We're here. We entered a control room filled with computers and various controls and displays. Moraz closed another blast door and sealed us inside the control. We need to close the portal. We have tried it before. But these things wouldn't let us. So where are they now? As soon as I heard that you went inside the facility and came back, I knew something was off. This place used to be full of them. At least one is still here, the smell of ozone. But a few years ago, 
Anyone who went in wouldn't get alive past level minus one. But we've got this far, and I don't know why. That's what scares me. Something isn't right. I know that I am asking for a lot, but we need to go inside the portal and use this. He emptied his backpack and took out a crude-looking contraption with all sorts of wires, coils, and other bits hanging from it. We need to place one end in the other reality and then return with the second end into ours. If it works, it might cause the portal to collapse. And how do you know that the same thing that happened to the third team won't happen to us too? I asked. That's the thing, I don't. But I'll tell you this, you know how they built that concrete shield over the reactor. They weren't trying to seal the reactor. They were trying to seal this place to prevent whatever came into our world from getting out. And a few years ago, the thing we feared most happened. The shield started cracking. They were trying to get out. So, they built a new containment building recently. As you know. But for how long will this go on? Sooner or later, something will fail and they will get out. This might be our only chance to end this for good. How the hell did I get into this? I thought. I was just a random guy at the wrong place at the wrong time. But Moraz was talking as if the fate of our world depended on me. But maybe he was right. Whatever set of coincidences has brought us here. Brought me here. Maybe I and Moraz were the only people who could do what needed to be done. All right, let's do it, I said. We put on a pair of what looked like modified space suits. Left everything other than the device in the control room and entered the machine. We were in a dome-shaped chamber full of complicated machinery. In the center, there was a sphere of white light. Above it, a black. Hollow shaft goes straight up with cracks and debris around the opening. We tethered ourselves to a steel rail and Moraz walked forward into the sphere and vanished. After some hesitation, I did the same. I found myself in a place that I can't describe. There was no up or down, and I could walk in any direction. It looked empty, yet I could see countless infinitely large shapes with billions of tiny shiny dots on the surface. Here, a voice called. I looked for Moraz, but I couldn't find him. Where are you? I called. Come, he said and grabbed me by the arm, seemingly out of nowhere. I noticed hundreds or thousands of other white spheres in the distance around us. Are those? Yes, portals from other parallel realities. Are we going to close them all? No, just ours. The others are not our problem. They will have to find their own way to handle it. We walked towards one distinct shape. As with everything here, I struggled to describe it. It was like a fractal, the same shape repeating over and over and over again. I think this is it, Moraz said and started doing something with the device. It beeped several times and then started making a high-pitched hum. Oh no, no, this isn't good, he continued. What's going on? Listen, I need you to take the other end and return. Once you're back, pull the switch and keep this button pressed until it activates. I have to stay here. I picked up my end of the machine and watched as a wire started unreeling between the two. What about the key to the door out? I asked. There is no key. What? But you said. That wasn't the plan. This was always the plan. I couldn't risk. He didn't finish. I saw something in the corner of my eye. Movement. Shit. Don't look at it. Go now. Run. Moraz said. And I listened. I ran back. Followed the line back into our portal with my eyes almost closed. I went through, placed the device on the ground, flipped the switch and the device started producing a similar high-pitched noise. I pushed the button. For a second or two, nothing happened, 
And then, suddenly the device let out an ear-piercing whine. An intense flash, and a wave of heat. And then, it was gone. Severed wires and tether lines lay there on the ground, where the portal used to be. In the meantime, Alex woke up. He looked much better, and I told him what happened while he was out. We didn't know what to do now. We thought about going back and trying to cut the chain on the door outside again. But after what happened last time, we doubted that it could work. We probably wouldn't even get there alive at all. But then, Alex had this idea. What if we can use the machine to teleport out of here? It took us several hours to figure out how the controls worked. It was heavily damaged and the reactor was obviously out of question. But the generators above supplied enough power for a simple translocation as they described it. All we needed to do is input a target vector. And then, the familiar clicking and smell of ozone came. A powerful slam shook the whole room and left a large dent in the steel door that connected the control room with the rest of the facility. Fuck, not again. I yelled. I think I got it. They have some vectors written down here. We just need to add some height and we'll get above ground, Alex explained. Make it fast, I said as the door shook in another slam. He did something and the controls lit up with alarms sounding. We ran to the core chamber and closed it behind us. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just as we heard the control room door give way, we stood in the center and waited. Sparks and smoke filled the room as the machine did its thing. Please work. I heard another slam and the door to the chamber broke off the wall and fell to the ground. I looked over and then, the time froze. I didn't feel fear, I felt at peace. I felt as if I was just a step away from understanding everything. I wanted to stay here, forever. A flash suddenly blinded me, and then I bumped my head into something. I opened my eyes and breathed in the fresh air. We were laying upside down in a crater-like hole in the ground in a forest. We were out. We found our car after a few minutes. We saw several military helicopters fly in the opposite direction as we drove home. Alex checked in a hospital with a made-up story of an animal attack. He was okay in the end. We didn't talk about it again. It was over and I thought that our world was safe from whatever stayed at the other side of the portal. But when I finally returned home that day, I noticed that something wasn't right. The old cherry tree that we used to play at when we were kids. It wasn't there. There was an apple tree instead. We've managed to transport an apple today. However, I couldn't help but notice that the pattern of red and green skin on top was slightly different. Dot 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 we were transferring them between multiple parallel realities. Portals from other parallel realities. Are we going to close them all? No, just ours. The others are not our problem. They will have to find their own way to handle it. I think I'm not in the reality that I lived in before. I think that when we teleported out, we ended up in a different one. I can't stop thinking that the portal in this one might still be open. 
I think we aren't safe. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.